I want to encourage someone this morning with this simple thought that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Sometimes it gets lost. A lot of times I forget that Jesus loves me, and he does. I was praying this morning uh, before service, and I was reminded of the, the Sunday school song that I learned when I was a child that, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. And when I was a kid, it was just words of the song, and I was glad that I knew them and I could sing them because when I got older, they didn't let me sing anymore. They gave my brother that job, and they put me on the drums. And they said, hey, let's keep him away from the singing microphones. But I was thankful when I was a kid that I could sing, yes, Jesus loves me. And that when I became an adult, those words became alive to me that, yes, truly, Jesus loves me. He does. And I'm thankful for that. But this morning, I want to talk... For the next few minutes, the clock up there says I have 48 minutes. I'm going to go about 52 minutes, so a little over time. Just kidding. Promise. Just kidding. I just I want everybody to smile, have fun. We're in the presence of the Lord, and joy is in the presence of the Lord. Joy is in the presence of the Lord. And a lot of times we, we tense up, and we, we close ourselves up, and we get this very somber face. You guys ever had the church face before? You look at your neighbor, you go to shake their hand, praise the Lord. Today we're going we're gonna to be light, we're going to have fun, but God is in this place and he came to change lives. He came to make sure that we knew that he loved us and that he has a plan for our lives. And I want to make sure today that I get that message across, not only for you, but for myself. And I'm going to be talking out of the scripture, but I want to begin today. How many has ever been just mad? Just steaming mad. And it might have been a co-worker, it might have been your child, it might have been your spouse, but they just, ah, they made you mad. And you were fuming. You ever used that terminology before? I'm fuming. I have no clue what that means. I'm fuming at all spouts. I'm, I'm, I'm like a gasket ready to burst. I'm, I'm mad. And, and you sit at home and you conjure up a conversation that you're going to have with your coworker. When I get to work tomorrow, I'm going to tell them, look. You shouldn't have, you insert your own words, hopefully they're Christian and PG. But you get so mad and so angry and you, you just, you get this argument going on in your head and you got this back and forth and man, you're hitting at all levels. You're just spitting the right words. You got the right comeback. You're like, if they say this, I'm going to say this. If they do this, I'm going to... Mm, right there, that's the zinger. That's going to pierce them. That's going to hurt them. They're going to, mm, yeah, that's going to make them cry. Uh, I just can't wait. And you get this, this conversation, this fight, this attitude, this argument all built up, and you're ready to go. And then you get to work, and you're just like, you walk by their office, and you're like, 
all that boldness, all that anger, all that fuming slowly just kind of dissipates. You get that knot in your stomach. I hope they don't say nothing to me. I won't be able to do it. Anybody ever been courageous at home but been scared when you get to the place that you should have been courageous at? You were bold in your car on the way home, but when you got to your house and you had the right words to say, you just you backed off a little bit. Got a little weak in the knees, got a little scared. Am I the only one that's been like that? I'll tell you an example of mine, and I know, like, I look mean. You wasn't supposed to laugh at that. But I, I try to act tough and courageous, and, and, and when I was like 12 years old, we went to Six Flags, and we were about to ride the Batman ride. And I was scared of roller coasters. I hadn't ridden any of the roller coasters that day, but we got to the Batman, and, and throughout the day, I'd kind of built up this nervous anticipation slash boldness, like, I'm going to do the Batman. I am going to conquer that one. And I get in the line. The line's like 40 minutes long. We get all the way to the top. We climb like 40 floors of stairs, and we get to the top, and I'm right in line, ready to be harnessed into the ride, and I chicken out. I was bold and courageous all the way to the ride, and then all of a sudden, I couldn't, I couldn't do it no more. I just couldn't do it. And in the scriptures, we read in John chapter 16, it says this in verse 31, it says, Jesus responded to them, he says, do you believe? Do you now believe? Do you now believe? He says, look, an hour is coming and has already come when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me and I have told you these things that in me you may have peace. And you will have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I have overcome the world. Be courageous. Be courageous. I feel like that's like a cheerleader song. Be courageous. Be, be courageous. Be courageous. I have overcome the world. See, talk is really cheap. Talk is really, really cheap. I talk a lot. Sometimes. Sometimes I don't talk at all. But other times I talk a lot and I build myself up, you know, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going, I'm, going to, I'm going to conquer the world, I'm going to do everything that I have the expectations to do. But when it comes to walking the talk, I'm a weak little man. And I don't follow through with the words that I've said and the talk that I have said. And here Jesus is asking them, he says, do you now believe? Do you now believe? And we as a community and as a church, we have to come to this question, do you believe? Well, what's the question? What do I have to believe in? Do I have to believe that there's light in the building? Done. Do I have to believe that there's AC in the building? Done. I can feel it. It's cold in here. Do I have to believe that there's carpet? Do I have to believe that the sky is blue? Do I have to, what, what do I now have to believe in? Because just ask me what I have to believe in and I'll, I'll, I'll agree to it. I'll believe in it. But he says, do you now believe? And he's referring to the fact that he is going away from them, but 
the fact that he came to this world, the hope for this world, the reason for his coming. He says, do you now believe everything that I've told you? Do you believe, as I started this morning, that Jesus loves you? Because that's the, the momentary starting place of Christianity, of this walk with Christ. Do you believe that Jesus loves you? Do you believe that he came, died for you because he loves you? That is the starting place that we have to come to. And if, if we say in our hearts that I believe that Jesus loves me, then there's a place and a call of action that we have to come to. Do you believe? Do you now believe? See, I look at Jesus and I look at his life and how he was and the questions that he asked and the things that he did and, and, and the thing that was so prominent in his life was if you're going to follow me, you got to deny yourself and take up your cross. If you're going to follow me, if you're going to believe, if you're going to say that you believe, there's a call to action for each and every one of us that's going to cause us to be courageous. See, he's called us to be the light to the world. But so often we hide our light in a building, in a place, in a, in a church. And then when we get out in the world, we're weak-minded or we're scared or that boldness that we had on Sunday morning slowly leaves on Monday morning. That courageous spirit that we had when we stood in church and said, I believe and I'll do anything for you. I'll deny myself. On Monday morning, we wake up and we're like, well, maybe tomorrow. Maybe the next day. Maybe, maybe on Wednesday once I get the first worship Wednesday. Maybe when I get there, maybe I'll get another boost of energy, and then Thursday I'll be karate kicking the world down. Maybe I'll be bold then. But he's saying, look here, if you believe, be courageous. Just be courageous because I have overcome the world. What better hope do we have than that, folks? What better strength do we have than that? What better hope of eternity do we have that he says, I have overcome the world. That's not cheap talk. That's a man that lived and walked the talk. That's a man that died for what he had believed in. That's a man that was courageous all the way to the cross for us. Because he said, I believe in you, but do you now believe in me? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the hope for humanity? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the hope for your life? See, so often we can look at the world and it gets so big and we see all the continents and all the people, seven billion people. And we look at the entirety of the world and we're like, whoa, it's overwhelming. That's too big. That's, I'll save that for someone else. But when you look at yourself, do you believe that Jesus is the hope for your life? Do you believe that he is the rescuer, the savior of your life? Do you believe that he has something special for you? See, I can look at someone else and I can look at their lives and what they've got going on and be like, man, they're all right. They got it going on. They're courageous. They're bold. They're, they're, they're mighty. They're powerful. They're, they're awesome. They're good looking. I'm not. 
no laughing when I talk about myself. That just hurts my feelings. No, but we look at that and we can always plan something greater for someone else. But when we look at ourselves, it's, we lower ourselves, right? We're prepared to stay in the pit of our own anxiety and the pit of our own fear and the bondage of our own sin because we're there. And so often it's hard to see that Christ is the hope for our life. We can say that he's the hope for humanity, but does he see me in my pit? Does he see me in my mess? Does he see me in my trashed out life? Does, does he even look at me anymore? And he's saying, do you believe that I came to save you? And if you do believe it, be courageous in the fact that I saved you. Be courageous in the fact that the light and the life of Christ is flowing through your veins and that you are a light to this world. Be courageous. Don't, don't let the enemy, don't let the world, don't let people, don't let friends, don't let family try to squish your light out. Don't let them try to burn it out. Don't let them try to put water on it. Don't let them try to, to, to smash it out when you say, you know what, this Jesus thing, I don't truly understand it. I don't truly get it, but I know that there's hope and there's life for me. I know that there's something better. I know that there's, there's something bigger for me. Be courageous in the thought and the fact that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He loves you. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. See, I, I, I get scared sometimes. And I was praying today, and I, you ever, like, say something to yourself, and you believe it, but then all of a sudden you start doubting yourself? You all, something in your mind just starts playing tricks on you. You're like, I, I am this, but then you're like, well, maybe I'm not. I can be, but, well, maybe, maybe I can't. I will be, well, maybe I won't. You, you ever get like that? I have this, like, inner doubt dialogue that's just, like, constantly playing on repeat, and I get, like, bold and courageous, and I'm just like, yeah! Like, Randy Savage, macho man, I will do it. And then also, well, Maybe I won't. No one knew I said it. It's like, I'm going to diet tomorrow. You're right. I like donuts too much. It's like, I, I'm going to go to the gym. I have a gym membership. I'm just paying to keep their lights on. That's honest. Uh, it, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run a 5K. <laughs> You? <laughs> no, no, you won't. And in this inner doubt dialogue that's just constantly playing on repeat, like, you could, but what about this? And it, it just, it, it, it tears me down, and it takes away the, the boldness and the courage and the strength to conquer the world. And Jesus is saying, wait a minute, I conquered the world. You don't have to worry about conquering the world. I just want you to be courageous in the world. I already conquered the world. That's not your fight. That's, that's what I did. You be courageous. Be the light. Be the hope. We, we've got to get out of the dialogue of doubt and fear and anguish of our minds that are saying you can't. That's the worst thing in the world that you can't. 
Because if we couldn't, if we were too weak, if we were too uh, uncourageous, if we were too little in God's eyes, he wouldn't have came. If we didn't matter to the scope of humanity, if we didn't matter to the hope of the world, why choose us? John chapter 15, he says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. I didn't come looking for weak, lowly people. I came looking for courageous, bold people because I knew it was in you. The passion, the purpose, the pain, I knew it was in you. I knew that you had something greater and I came looking for you. Listen, folks, he, he chose each and every one of us. You didn't walk into this building. Of course, you drove yourself. You got up. You, you dressed yourself. No one did that for you. You did it for yourself. But you didn't walk in this building by your own ammunition or by your own thought. God chose you. And he placed this seed in each and every one of our hearts that is void without him. It's dead without him. And when, when you're at home and you're doubting yourself and you're feeling lowly and down and out and weak, that's that hole that's missing Christ. Because the conqueror of the world is the courage that we need. The conqueror of the world is that boldness that we need. That conqueror of the world is Jesus Christ. And he says, I chose you. I purposed you. I placed you. I positioned you. You're not weak, lowly people. You're not weak, lowly Christians. It's not someone else's job. It's not someone else's obligation. It's not someone else's responsibility. It's yours because he chose you. The position and the purpose that is lying inside of you was given by God before he formed you in your mother's womb. He knew you and he called you. And each and every one of us feel that burning desire inside of us. Am I the only one in here that lays in bed at night and go, God, I know I'm greater. I know there's bigger purpose inside of me. I know there's bigger mountains for me to climb. I know there's greater things for me to aspire to, but I'm so weak. And I doubt myself. And I plague myself. And I plague my mind. Why? When he's saying, be courageous. Look, I conquered the world. I took care of sin. I broke the chains of bondage. I did all of that because I chose you. Don't live anymore in this. If you do now believe that I saved you, if you do now believe that I chose you, if you do now believe that I broke the chains of sin, bondage, and death, if you believe that life has come, be courageous. See, folks, we as a church, as a community, as a body, as a people in Midland, Texas, we're just a speck on the earth. But we have purpose for our city. We have purpose for our coworkers. We have purpose for our families. We have purpose for our brothers, our sisters, our wives, our children. There's something inside of us, a light that Jesus put inside of us. And he says, you are the one. See, so often we place the responsibility on our ministers and our pastors and our, our preachers and our teachers. If I can just get them to, if I can get them to church, you know, they can hear pastor and all of a sudden, woo! But God's saying, wait a minute, you're doubting the light that I put in you. You're doubting that I conquer the world. You're saying that a man of God as inspiring and as in, and, and encouraging as he can be, you're doubting the purpose I placed on you. 
See, pastor can't be in every home, in every job, in every school, in, a, in every life. He can't be there. But you can. You're the conqueror of your world because Jesus Christ placed courageous in you. He put courage in you. He put boldness in you. He says, when I leave, I'm sending you something better. Acts 1, when the Spirit of the Lord has come upon you, I will give you power. But not me. <laughs> I think maybe you. Not me. Definitely that guy over there. He's got it going on. See the car he drives? He's probably got the resources to take care of that problem. He's probably got the finances to, to do that, right? Me, I mean, I, I don't, but they do. And Jesus is calling us to higher ground. He's calling us to bigger endeavors. He's calling us to greater looks, bigger horizons. And he's saying, all I need from you is for you to be courageous in the fact that I am with you. What's the scripture say? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the, look at that, who conquered the world. I, be courageous. I already took care of that. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the confidence, in the position, in the purpose of Christ for your life. So often we become weak, lowly, and we just wait. You know, if I can just make it to heaven, I'll sit here and I'll wait. And if I just do what's right of me, if I do what's expected of me, if I just, you know, meet the requirements, heaven's going to be awesome. And we kick our feet up, we lay back in our folding chairs, and we sip lemonade. Sounds really good right now. And we wait. They that wait upon the Lord. So I'm going to stop at that scripture, and I'm just going to wait. The Bible says, be still. So I'm just going to be still. They that are planted by the rivers of water, I'm just going to be planted. I'm just going to wait. And we, we look for a day that's coming that is full of hope and full of joy. And, and we're going to see our maker. And we're going to look upon his face. And what a day that is going to be. But we forget about the here and the now. And we lose our courage for someday. We lose what Christ did for us for someday. He gave me life, so I'm just going to live until that one day. The scripture doesn't stop. He says, be still and know that I am God. He says, they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. He didn't call you to stay put and wait for a coming day. He called you to be courageous for the here and for the now. He called you that one day we'll see the king. But now the world is going to see Christ. Now I will be courageous knowing that Christ conquered the world. And if he conquered the world, then he's with me. And if he's with me, there's nothing that can stop. 
There's nothing that can stop you. There's nothing that can stop you. And if you're here today, maybe you've done this church thing for a while, and maybe you have, you, you've been in these moments before, and you've been hyped up, and then you go home to reality. Reality is always a kick in the teeth, right? It's always that moment that you're like, woo! Nope. I was going to jump, but I stopped myself. Reality is always that moment you get hyped up at church. I can do it. I can run through a fortress. I can jump over a mountain. I can tear down Jericho. Then you get home. You see the bills, past due notice, the kids, that, that, that. And it weakens us. But if we stay strong in the Lord, knowing that He is our courage, life isn't easy. You know, that's the thing. Jesus never said life was going to be easy. He said, just be courageous. He never said that you weren't going to have your hills, your mountains, your valleys. He just said, be courageous. He never said that life wasn't going to kick you and beat you and stomp on you when you're already down, below, down. He said, be courageous. I've already conquered the world, and I want to see what you're made of. Are you strong enough to stand back up? Are you strong enough to get back up for the hope of humanity? Because it's not about just us. It's about a world that needs us. And if we say we believe, we do now believe, then it's up to us to be courageous, to show the world that, yes, Jesus loves me, but he also loves you. And Jesus said, abide in me, and I will abide in you. He says, and keep my commandments, and this you will know that you abide in me. He says, and this is my commandment, that you have love, for one another. What? No, 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 no. I want the thou shalt not, thou shalt. I want the, the list that I know that I'm right on track. Not the hard stuff where I got to be courageous. Jesus says this, loving your friends and your family is easy, but loving your enemy that's when oh. you ever had to love someone that hurt you you ever had to love someone that you knew just talked bad about you you ever had to love someone that didn't want nothing to do with you <laughs> You ever had to love someone that you know they were running your name through the dirt, and then when they got to you, they're like, hey. And you're like, nope. He says, loving your friends and your family, that's easy. But I'm calling you to better things. I'm calling you to bigger things. I'm calling you to be courageous. I'm calling you to be the light of the world. And how is a dark world going to know what light is if we don't love the people that despitefully use us? How is a dark world going to know what light is if we just reflect what they're reflecting? How is a dark and dim, dusky world going to know that there's a church over on 5110 Illinois that light is shining through each and every one of those people because I saw a woman get cussed out at a drive-thru and she 
loved them. She didn't restrict who she was in Christ. She didn't hold back. She was courageous, and she said, you know what? It pains me, but I'm going to love you. It hurts me, but I'm going to love you. It tears me down, but Jesus loved me so much. How can I restrict that? Be courageous. I have conquered the world. I have conquered the world. I have conquered your world. I have conquered your world. See, we walk in here as individuals, and sometimes we get generalized into a group of people. And that's good. We're the body of Christ. But each and every one of us are going through our own situations, our own frustrations, our own downs, our own ups. Maybe you got a promotion while the person next to you got fired. You know, Maybe, maybe you came into some money and your bills are paid, but the person next to you is wondering how their lights are going to stay on. And we all suffer with our own individual circumstances. And it's sometimes hard to realize that Jesus sees each and every one of your circumstances and he knows what's going on. Because when we come into a building and we're generalized into a, a conglomerate of people, we don't feel like I matter. So often I get labeled this generation because I was born within the time frame that makes me a millennial. Has anybody ever read an article about a millennial? They don't say nice things. And I get characterized and bunched into this generation. And it hurts me because I'm like, well, I'm not like that, I'm not like that, I'm not like that, but I am a part of this generation. And so I feel like I'm overlooked. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't matter. My, my identity doesn't matter. And, and so often in, in the body of Christ, we feel like our identity doesn't matter. But I want you to know, and I came to encourage each and every one of you today, that Jesus sees you, he knows you, and he's called you. He's called you for purpose, and whatever that is. So, so often we think great things, and we think famous. Or we think great things, and we think money. We think great things, and we're like, Bentley, hey. We think great things, and all of a sudden, great things are possessions, and accolades, and trophies. But what about great sacrifice? What about great commitment? Where no one knows your name, but they know who you are, your character, your God, your love. What about great understanding or great wisdom or great position or great placement where your job is the job you've wanted all your life, but no one knows who you are. You're not a branch manager. You're not a, a CEO. You're not a corporate executive. But what you're doing in that place is showing the love of Christ. See, great things means lots of things. And he hasn't called us all to be famous or all to be little. He's called us to be with him. And he says, if you will be courageous conquered the world <laughs> taking care of that part guys <laughs> done I've got it taken care of but now all I'm asking you is to live with courage to be bold in the Lord and know that you are the light the hope the life of humanity because he says I send to you a comforter 
And that comforter is going to give you strength to be a witness. And you're going to be a witness unto all people. But I need you to not doubt who I've made you. I need you not to doubt what I've created. When I created humanity, I looked at it and I said, it is good. And when he created you, he looked at you and said, it is good. And you are so good and you were created with purpose but be courageous in the purpose that God has called you to do be strong in the Lord and fear not be strong in the Lord and know that whatever he has called you to do that he conquered the world not only conquered the world but he conquered the grave and death no longer reigns upon you but life lives within you and that life he gave you is life abundant and you can be courageous. You can be the light. You can be the light of the world. You can be